Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsession will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark down for a while. Hello and welcome to the dark forest. It's Jackie Cation. You know the website's JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com. That's where you can get all of the information. You can listen to the show. You can buy merch. You can donate to the show. And everyone should. They should give me $100 a year or whatever you have. If you don't have a lot of money, you'll be happy to know that we have a a sponsor this month. Yes, the month of June is sponsored by TiVo. And TiVo can do it all the time as far as I'm concerned uh, because I'm kind of excited. They're getting me a TiVo. Yeah, it's the best DVR in the world. It's the first DVR in the world as far as I can tell. TiVo.com, by the way, you get $25 off if you use the promo code uh, ATC, which stands for All Things Comedy, which is the umbrella the Dork Forest is under. But here's the thing. You know about TiVo. TiVo records television, right? But did you know that TiVo Stream, you can transfer your favorite show or whatever to a, to a device, an iPad, a whatnot, and This is what's exciting to me. Two things. First of all, 300 hours of recording. Yeah, I'm excited. It's not just 60 hours like regular. It's three up to 300 hours. And it's not just the channels you get, which is good because I don't have cable. And uh, the TiVo they're sending me goes with my HD antenna. But I can do things, which is also on the web. So I have Netflix. I have Hulu. I have Amazon. But you could also use YouTube, Pandora, Spotify as just channels and record them. And you could record up to four shows at once. And, of course, it still does that recommend thing where you like this, you might like this other thing. You know, like uh, like Patton's joke, which will still be uh, linked in the notes as far as as long as TiVo has it. I'm going to link Patton Oswalt's joke on Conan. Is it about minute three? Anyway, so welcome to the Dork Forest. Welcome, TiVo. And anybody else who wants to advertise, that's what an ad sounds like. I'll probably get better at it as we go. Let's get into the show. I am at AnimeCon, Acon.com, and uh, Dallas, Texas. Never been here. Never been to Dallas, Texas. Liesl, uh Wilkerson. Wilkerson. Let me get it right. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you, Jackie. It's great to be here. This is it. We're in a very large room. Can you hear the echo? I can. <laughs> <laughs> it's exciting. You know what I'm doing, Liesl, is I'm building an empire very, very slowly. And uh, and you're going to be part of that. I'm exactly. Right, I'm, I'm right there with you, girlfriend. What? Four people at a time. Let's do this. Yeah. Uh, I talked these three people in the back into at least giving it a shot. And uh, let's, well, let's, first of all, Liesl, LieselWeapon.com, best website name ever. Ever, ever, ever. Liesl Wilkerson grew up in Tokyo, Japan, and moved to the United States in 2008. You speak fluent Japanese. Hi, so this. Does that mean sort of? No, that means show you right. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Excellent. Well played. Uh, I have uh, sushi talk and uh, something else. What is it? Sushi talk and... What about sukiyaki? You must know sukiyaki. I do not. I do not. What? I don't you don't know that song, sukiyaki? I know the Domo Arigato because I'm 107. Surabato, Domo Domo. Right, right. Yes. Yeah, yes. I know that tune. That was something. That was and a then- proud moment for me when they... Put those lyrics in the song. Because <laughs> <laughs> you were like, thank God. Finally. Finally. Yes. Because you were a tall, blonde woman. You I were, was, and I still am, by the way. You still are. You, you were the whitest Japanese lady ever. Yes. You are, you are very correct. Because <laughs> you lived in Japan all of your formative moments? 35 years. 35 years you lived in frickin' Japan. Yeah. 
Do you go back on a regular basis? Or? I do. I go back uh, usually once a year for work. Okay. I do live interpreting and stuff like that as well. So oh, that's um, got to be steady work or at least some work. Some work. There we go. There we go. I'm not saying you're buying one. Yeah. And actually, um, yeah, I go, I usually go back once a year, but I am. Is there a time we should all go when the cherry blossoms are in? Is it? Is cherry, it? cherry blossoms, one of the best times to go. Absolutely. Another great time to go is when all the foliage and everything like around, uh, in fall. Like oh. October, November. So spring well, and fall. Yes, spring and spring fall. Spring and autumn, much like yeah. when you go to DC. Correct. When the yes. Congress is on break. Yeah, and the great thing actually about going when the sakura are there, you know, you have what are called hanami, um, which are parties. It's basically an excuse for Japanese to all get together and get drunk. Oh, um, underneath the cherry blossoms, and usually it's in a cemetery. What? Graveyards, for some reason, I don't know. They're I like, do... let's all gather where our dead are being kept and party. Exactly. And when Good I was, for them. Yeah. <laughs> when I was first told about this, so this is when I was like nineteen twenty when I first started working, because I started working in radio at the age of nineteen. Okay. Um, and I was invited to my first Hanami, because um, growing up in Japan, of course, I went to international school, and then my family's American. So okay. there was some of these aspects of the Japanese culture that I never really got to experience until I left and started working in the Japanese society. Right. So did you learn Japanese in the international school? No, not that much. I really started learning it when I was in radio. And when you were 19, you had to, to learn when it. you were 19? Yes. But um, going back, so from five to eight years old, okay, um, I was in li- living in Sendai, which is the epicenter of where the earthquake and tsunami was two years years ago yes and during that time i did learn japanese however that you know that's like talking on the playground and like oh okay hi you know kind of like that right right (laughs) so i really started learning more japanese yeah like the bulk of my japanese ability is really from 19 Right. Yeah. And I have to say that hearing you say anything in Japanese, I automatically look at your boobs for subtitles. Uh, just because uh-huh. I want there to be subtitles. I've been You're watching. Right. I forgot That's to bring you... my boob subtitles. Your, I'm so your sorry. Boob LED reader. <laughs> it's, uh, I think we all need a boob LED. All right. Um, I'm, I feel slightly awkward that I've referenced your boobs, but, uh, we'll, we'll move on. That's okay. I'm okay with it. You're it's okay no problem. It? All right. No problem. You're strong enough yeah. in your sense of yeah. self. Hey, well I grew played. up in Japan. They talk about boobs all the time. They do Obviously. love a boob. They do love a boob and a nice butt. Which is, they're Japanese. It's interesting because everybody at this anime convention wants to be Japanese. Come on in. Do it. Make <laughs> it happen. It's going to be exciting. We're going to be talking. Uh, yeah, I should about probably do a butts. credit or two, right? Don't you think that you were, you, you, you seem to have played every hot chick in a Tekken uh, video game ever. Cause that's how I roll, Jackie. That's that is. That's how I roll. That's it. Yeah. Make yep, it yep, happen. Yeah. Yep, yep. So, okay. Nina Williams and Christy Montiero, Montiero from the Tekken yep. franchise. Is it, is it, would it be okay to tell you that I'm more of a Mortal Kombat person? You can take it. You would have been an amazing Sonya. Let's just say it. Really? Okay. I think you would have nailed okay. it. You would have nailed it. You would have stuck the landing. I will keep that in mind. Because she also boxed. Oh. Sonya was a boxer. Let's get into it. my own heart. Uh-huh. See, what people don't know about uh, Liesl Wilkerson, uh, LieselWeapon.com. LieselWeapon.com. Yes. 
<laughs> is that you were a boxing dork and that you enjoyed. We well, were talking about Japan, though. We should probably uh, do this linear in a linear fashion or yeah. jump all over the place. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm good for anything. Okay. I mean, in my brain, I jump all over the place anyway. So if you want to do that, you can do that. You can right. go linear if you want to go linear. So, so you, when you were 19, you're working all over Japan or you're working uh-huh. in the radio industry in Japan. Correct. In Japanese. In Japanese and English, yes. Okay. So, um, the thing, the thing about radio in Japan, for whatever reason, they like to have a mixture of Japanese and English. So you kind of segue, um, oh. so you go from, hi, minasan, o genki desu ka, this is Lisa, how are you doing today? Sate kyoba. And then, you, you know, translate so just yourself. Off and on. No, well, Somewhat, sometimes. Okay. And sometimes, if you know that they kind of already know, like the English part, if you have a feeling that the audience will already know that English part, you just continue on and say another, do another thought in Japanese. But, okay. Um, the Japanese love that style of radio. Where it's all mixed up together. Yes. They oh. love that. And yeah. do they blame it on MacArthur? Who do they blame it on? <laughs> they do. It's amazing Arthur. to me. It's, yes. I, you know, I, that's, but did you, and so what are you thinking? Yeah, yeah, just do that. Yeah. Just do, let's just do it. <laughs> this is what's happening. So the, you're welcome to the Dork Forest, by the way, you people who came in late. Uh, the Dork Forest is a podcast, dorkforest.com, jackiecation.com. Uh, a little stand-up comedy on this one and with the brit So, uh, there you go. Liesl, so you, did you do voiceover work in Japan before you moved here? Yes. Turned off your own mic. There you go. Did you? Okay, sorry about that. There you go. No wonder they were on the stand. Now I understand. Here, um, give me this. Have that. Done. Thank you. You're Thank welcome. You, Jackie. I'm a professional. Uh, can't take this girl anywhere. Um, <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, I started getting into voiceover work through my radio work. Okay. So because I was on radio, I started getting a lot of other voiceover work. And it includes everything from uh, video games and a little bit of anime, but um, also like company promotion videos oh, and commercials. Yeah, so TV commercials. Um, you know, for voiceover right. stuff. Right, right, right. Just that, that announcement kind of stuff over the exactly, over and like radio stuff. I mean, all kinds of stuff. Right. You could probably do a hell of an ad, and just like seamlessly slip into how great TiVo is. Mm, you never know. I uh, could, but I've never used TiVo before. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, we don't have that in Japan. <laughs> oh, so now, but now you live here, and you moved in 2008 to to the United States, uh-huh. and started getting into. Did you get a lot more work in the States, uh, voiceover stuff, or did you get more, or are you just still breaking in? I'm still breaking in, and actually, um, because I do my voiceover work in both English and Japanese, I'm kind of not really sure where exactly I want to take that. I've done a little bit of video game work since I've been here, but the system's very different. So in Japan, oh, so- I had quite a few agents that I worked with, and they all knew who I was, and, you know, I was... Everyone knew me, right. you know, kind right. of thing. And because I've been in the industry. 15 years doing it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So now you have to reinvent the wheel a little bit. Correct. Okay. And also for me, uh, being a little bit older, I want to do other stuff. So I've been doing a lot of interpreting. I do oh. like simultaneous interpreting or interpreting for, even for Japanese voice actors, I've done a lot of that too. Okay. Um, and like hosting their panels, what have you. Right. Um, and I've also done, um, 
like last year, I was in Hong Kong for a month. I did uh, on-site interpreting for the new Keanu Reeves film, Man of Tai Chi. Okay. Um, he, did you get to meet Keanu Reeves? I did. And you know... Pretty nice guy. Pretty, pretty, pretty basic. Nice guy, but I have to say, there wasn't really... Very much of an aura about him. No, no, I think all. he's an empty vessel. I'm willing to say it. I don't know him. I, I, I think he's an empty you. vessel and that you, he can be filled with a script. He That's can what be he's filled for. with a script. He's an actor. He's one of those guys. And you know, I think he's probably a better director than he is an actor. Oh. I mean, Ben as, Affleck. It could happen. Exactly. It could happen. I don't see it, but I, I, <laughs> I, I wish him the best of luck. <laughs> yeah. Keanu, if you're out there, you're very handsome. Yeah, okay. he was uh, very handsome. He's, he's an age appropriate. Uh, so, uh, yes. I'll, yeah, he's, he seems very handsome. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so you translated because he's doing, but that, you were in China, essentially. You're in Hong Kong. I was Kong, in China. So I know. Chinese. And everyone's like, what? What do you mean? Do you speak Chinese? But the thing is, he was actually working with one of the best set designers. Um, one of the top set designers in film, his name is Yohei Taneda, who is Japanese. Okay. And he did a lot of work with Quentin Tarantino and Christian Bale. And so he was the one that I was interpreting for. And there were two people, key people on the set that I did the conversations for. One was Yohei-san, as I called him, and Keanu. And then Yohei-san and the DP or director of photography, Elliot, right. um, who is a, one of the top DPs in the industry. So I did those. I had to do interpreting for those. And actually, I came on to set when they were already over budget. It was a very, um, you could, you could cut the tension. Ah, <laughs> it was ah. like a bridge. They were like, chop, chop with this. Let's, let's pick up the pace. Yeah. yeah. So Keanu was facing a lot of stress, obviously. Okay. And he was directing the film. This is his directorial debut. Okay. Um, and it's an action film, clearly. It's an action film. The okay. guy who stars in the film. Oh. I, think, uh, I think you might have had the, uh, gotten a bad mic. Mm. I just don't like film? me. Oh yeah, the guy in the film, um, who stars in the film, his name is Tiger Chen, I believe, and he was the one that originally taught Keanu all his, um, stunts in the Matrix series. So they oh. got to know each other then. Keanu's been working on the script for, I think, over 10 years and finally came out. It's kind of like his little baby, you know, okay, he's been working so he's out for giving, a long time. He's giving him that option. Yes. So he's, he's, he's giving him his, his directorial debut, debut. Just in case we got an extra mic, just in case there's trouble. Just in case. Thank you. Well, that's neat. And it's, it's cool to be able to, I mean, because it's a, it's a unique skill set, right? And it brings you, it's got to bring you into some really interesting places. Yeah. And I think that there are probably not that many, um, Americans that can do English and Japanese. There are a lot of Japanese people that do interpreting, but, um, one thing that I always tell clients that I work with, especially if they're Westerners, um, that if you can get a Westerner or some, you know, someone like me, like an American who knows the culture and also knows the language, you will be much better off because there's a lot said that's not really said, you know, like the Japanese language or the Japanese culture in general um, has, they have many ways of saying no without actually ever saying it. Okay. So it's super nuanced. And if yes. you don't know the culture, yes, you word miss choice, a- the formality of the conversation, even the body language. Um, and this is something that a Japanese interpreter would pick up on, but they wouldn't think 
to tell their Western client. Just because for them it's kind of like, oh, yeah, the, of course they're going to do this. Right. You know, whereas I would know, oh, okay, I need to explain this because this is a difference. It's a difference in culture. Yeah. yeah. And so you have to essentially say, he's saying yes, but he actually doesn't want to do that. Exactly. Kind of and unfortunately, I've had to say that many times. Right. Yes. But I bet you that clears up a lot of problems. Yeah. 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 And it, to me, it's just incredible that even nowadays I see that a lot in various business meetings or conferences or, you know, just the difference in cultures can make a huge difference, you know, if you really understood better. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you watch Japanese movies? Do you watch movies in Japanese? Um, depends. I, uh, I mean, there's a probably, I mean, I sadly know nothing about right, uh, of Japanese live action film. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But well, I think I used to watch a lot more Japanese TV when I was younger. Okay. Yeah. Are there like sitcoms, dramedies? Are we talking so A lot of variety shows, as they call them. Yeah. Shows. So like, okay. like, and I'm sure some of you guys maybe have seen it, like on YouTube or something like that. Song and it's dance? like the slapstick. Yeah. It's you know, it's just kind of oh, let's see what we can make this person do. Oh, you know, game like showy that. kind of. Showy you're like, we're going to hit this guy in the head, and he's going to have to go through 19 different hoops, and then hopefully, exactly. at the end of it, we'll give him a candy bar. Because there's <laughs> yeah. never any, there's never any like real prizes anywhere no. but here. Yeah, they Only, just they just do that just to do it. Right, They're just like I could prove that. Like the British will sit there and answer like weird, obscure questions about the 12th century and then get nothing yeah. and uh, the japanese will get battered within an inch of their lives and have to jump over things yeah. and then get nothing for it yeah and i mean nowadays people are much more familiar with that yeah however i want to say like about 15 years ago or so when uh, dennis rodman came over to japan um he thank was thank god he's traveling <laughs> Thank God he's always, he's always got to go somewhere. He was, before he became ambassador to North Korea, (laughs) he was ambassador to Japan. And you know, he is a rebounder. He's not a free thrower. He's terrible at free throws. Oh. Right? Sports analogy, gentlemen. (laughs) But he came, so he came over to Japan and he was on a very famous show, uh, TV show, I think called Hachijidayo or something. It was one of the big TV shows. And, um, they made him spell that, by the way. Hachidor? Hachijidayo, which Hachidur. means it's 8 p.m. That's, okay, that's oh, it's 8 p.m. What it, what it means. Oh, that's Hachijidayo. Awesome. Yeah, okay. 8 p.m. Um, and they made him do free throws, and he, of course, couldn't make any of his free throws, and they were all sitting around laughing at him, and it was a disaster. Needless to say, the client, Reebok, who brought him over there, they had were, to send him home. Was he, very was he quickly. humiliated? Completely. And he said, I'm never coming back to Japan again. Oh my God. I have no idea. Wow. You would think they would have told him you're going to be doing, it'd be like telling me you're going to be doing improv and not yeah. stand up comedy. Cause I don't, I can't do improv. Well, so and that's the thing. Like I think a lot of times they don't really understand how much of a difference it is. Cause okay. in their minds, and I know what the client was thinking. Reebok was like, this is one of the top shows. We're getting, you know, we're getting eyeballs from all over Japan. So they're right. like excited, right? right? Right. So they're like, Oh, Denny's son. Yes. Very good. Very good. You know? Right. And he was like, no, not very good. Not very good. It turns yeah. out he sucks at this particular task. Yes, yes. Holy smokes. And they knew that going into it. That's why oh, they, they set had him up. Him. Yes. They completely set him up. Up. 
Yeah. Oh, I like them more for that. I like them more for that. I know, right? Because <laughs> Dennis Rodman, bit of a tool, it turns out, has always been a bit of a tool. And, yeah, uh, I'm not surprised. And you know what I like to do? Make sweeping statements about famous people. Yay, then, me uh, too. If anybody's my, got my one, favorite anybody got a famous person you want me to extend <laughs> just any sort of statement on, I'm in. Yes, get a photo of this. Definitely. It's, uh, this is important. <laughs> You rock star. You people can come in and pick up a flyer, maybe yeah, a free magnet. People. You'll like come it. In. Anyway, so um but here let's talk about the thing that you that that did you box? Have you always boxed? Um I started boxing in I wouldn't say like two thousand five or so. Oh. Um I've always had this thing where I knew that once I start boxing I would totally love it. And I did. Really? Yes. I love it. I loved hitting people, especially when they don't hit me back. You know, (laughs) it's the best. I mean, how, how could, how could there be? Yeah. I mean, it can't get better than that. Is it all footwork though? I hear it's all footwork. Well, in my case, no, it's all punching. It's all punching. (laughs) Yeah. Have you, have, have you done any boxing like against an opponent or is it all against a bag? Well, funny you should man- mention. Yes. I actually have a very funny story. And this is one of those things, chalk it up for only in Japan could you ever get away with doing this. So this is kind of a long story. I hope okay. that's okay. Well, then let me introduce to these new four people that okay. we're talking with. Uh, Liesl Wilkerson, who uh, does a lot of voiceover work and, J- and Japanese uh, interpretive uh, stuff. Uh, te- you know, Tekken. Anyway, she was in Lost in Translation. Very exciting. Anyway, LieselWeapon.com. And Jackie. And Jackie Cation. Hi. 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 How's it going? Stand-up comic. You can see me do stand-up on Saturday. Okay. Go ahead. So um, I was doing a radio show. I was directing and producing and hosting it called The Liesel Weapon Show. Oh. And this was a show that I wanted to do because I'd been in radio for, you know, 15 years. And I wanted to – This I knew this would be my last radio show before I left to come over here to the States. So I wanted to put something together that I felt really strongly about. And I wanted to do some, something for women. Um, I wanted it to be kind of inspirational and, like, kick ass, you know, just kind of yeah. cool. Let's party, man. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah. So um, and one of the aspects of the show is I wanted to – really put together this whole thing where at any time in your life as a woman, you can just hit the restart button and you can kind of start a new chapter and kind of not clean the slate. Cause I right. mean, you know, there's some parts of course you can't do, but, and my part of this journey was that I wanted to start training as a fighter as a what? boxer. Yeah. Yes. And I wanted to document this process and I wanted to have the, um, have the end be in a ring against okay. an opponent, whether I won, whether I lost, I didn't care. I just wanted to get that experience. Okay. So I, um, Muhammad met- Ali's daughter, not <laughs> the woman not, you want to yeah, fight. <laughs> she kicks, she kicks butt. She would be taking names. She is. Yes. And she does. Exactly. Um, and so uh, I talked to the agency that I did Lost in Translation for because okay. they do a lot. They work a lot with various fighters in Japan. And I said, so this is what I want to do. And I'm just like explaining. I even had a PowerPoint together. And they're like, oh, <laughs> well played, well played. <laughs> yes. yes. I, was, I was very serious about this. And they're like, ah, Lisa Sanso this name. You know, the tea sucking, doing all that. I'm like, okay, things are going good. And I got home two weeks later. I get a phone call from them and they're like, ah, just a little bit different from what Liesl-san said, but would you like to be in a fight? 
And I was like, what? No, completely different. What are you talking about? Wow. So they, no training. <laughs> no They're training. No training. Just get in the ring with some animal. Right. And beat each weeks. other to death. In two weeks. In and, two weeks. And we'll film it. And I'm Hello like, and welcome to Japan <laughs> <yeah>. again. <laughs> yes. And I said, what are you talking about? And they said, well, we have an, one of our talents. Yeah, first of all, really talent. This person is in the ring. So, you know, one of our talents who is doing this fixed or rigged fight is in the hospital because she got, she got seriously injured. So we were wondering if you wanted to take her place. And I thought, and take a dive and take a dive. And wow. I, so, you know, but then, and then, you know, and I'm thinking to myself, oh my gosh, you have God, to be kidding me. But then on the other side, I thought, when would I ever <laughs> experience something like this? This is the most you incredible thing. in Japan. You're like, well, maybe. I don't know. I could take mm, a punch. Please, hit sure. me, hit me. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I, so I told the agency, give me one day to think about it. And yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, what I'll, I'll let you know. So, I ended up doing it. I decided to do it. No, you took 24 hours. Took 24 hours. It, and I said. Took a step back. Yeah. And then said yes. Yes. I know. I'm crazy. And All then right. I called my parents and I told my parents, but you know, they're used to getting these wacko phone calls from <laughs> me anyway. So I'm like, so mom, dad, I've decided I'm going to be a fight. Uh, what? Honey, what's well, honey. Be careful. Be careful. All right. <laughs> I'm going to wear culottes <laughs> and, and I'm going that. to Turkey. What do you think, Mom? <laughs> well, be careful, honey. Okay. it's uh, All right. I'm going to bring a copy of Full Frontal Feminism into Saudi Arabia. Anyone? Okay. Be well, careful. Have fun, honey. Let's Skype. Anyway. Uh, wow. So how was it? So, um, so first of all, me and my opponent, because it was a fixed fight, we had to meet up because my condition was, and I really had only one condition, well, you know. Not the um, face? Not the face. Yeah, right. I did say that. Okay. Well, so I said, I need to see who my po- opponent is. I need to meet her, and I want to feel comfortable with the situation. Yeah, like I'm ever going to feel comfortable wow. with the situation, but yeah. you know. Yeah. So we meet up in a karaoke room. Karaoke room. Excellent. Okay. Because she's an actual fighter. So if people saw me with her, they might know what was going on. That was my question. Did anyone else know that the fight was fixed? Whoa. Like the people no. gambling? Like the people? No, my friends knew and they were going to bet against me because they knew I was supposed to lose. Oh. Just so not fair. I was like, really? You wow. guys, no. Wow. It's yeah. the Industrial Revolution all over again. <laughs> this is not okay. I feel like you're like Daredevil's dad. <laughs> I don't know. What, then what happened? Um, so then she, she showed me her signature move. She said, well, my, one of my favorite moves is the, is the neck kick. I said, no, you're not doing that. <laughs> Nah, nope. And then she said, okay, well, I also do the knee kick. I said, no, you're not doing that either. Let's compromise here. So we came to a compromise of waist kick. Yeah. Um, also mid thigh kick and then mid calf kick. Okay. And, um, and yeah, and then we, we rehearsed for two days. So meanwhile, of course, 
I'm not even really understanding what I'm getting myself into. Right. My whole thing is, coming from a DJ's point of view, I'm like, oh, what am I going to do about theme song? That's all I'm worried about. <laughs> not even thinking, hello, you could really get hurt here. You yeah. know? And wait a minute. I thought it was boxing. Why is there kicking happening? Is it UFC? Well, What's happening? So this is MMA. So oh, I MMA. was coming, I was coming mixed in. Mixed martial arts. Mixed martial arts. And so we were coming in from different styles of so I was coming in from a boxing point of view, and then okay. she was coming in from a kickboxing point of view. Okay. Yeah. And so we, so day of the, you know, actually the night before the fight, when I had to put my mouth guard, you know, I had to. For the first time. Yeah. And like make it, you know, custom, whatever, <laughs> customize it to your mouth. That's yeah. the first time I thought, oh my gosh, what am I getting myself into? <laughs> you know, seriously, it finally hit me then. And. I, this is seven years ago. Seven years you ago. You are not 17 years old no, at this time. Okay. Not at all. Moving on, moving on. <laughs> Just taking a note. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so, but you know, I was like, oh, well, it is what it is. I committed. You're going to do it. So you said I'm going to do it. Yes. Did you get, did you get a, a, an okay bag of money for taking the fall? Oh, no, totally not. It's like oh. what, $500 Damn or it. something. Okay. No. But then, so then also coming to the venue. Okay. Right, I get to the venue. And I see this other, like, American woman show up, because they've even given me a manager, right? Wow. You know, who I met for the first time, Ricky. And so he was my manager, and so he took us to the venue, and I'm talking to this other American girl, so what are you doing here? She's like, oh, I'm here to sing the national anthem for the championship match. In Japanese? Championship. No, in English, for America. Uh, The United States national anthem. Yeah, and I'm thinking, hmm, oh. I'm sure that has nothing to do with me. <laughs> and then I get to the venue, and then as I'm there, I'm like, you know, and then my manager says, oh, oh Lisa, we all have five minutes at the ring to do shadow boxing, right, to, okay. uh, to warm up. I'm right. like, oh, yeah, and I'm really going to know what to do. Right. I think not. Because you've taken nothing at this time. There's no training so far. I have just done boxing integrated workouts with, sure. with the, you know, with, with the, that guy with the shaved head and the, and the videos, <laughs> that guy, which is a kickboxing guy who's, <laughs> who's getting you get in shape because of the, who knows anybody, Billy blank. Oh, Billy Blanks. Go. Yes. Japan loves Billy Blanks. Who doesn't? Yes. Who doesn't? Yes. Yes. It's a, I yes, did Bugs of Steel back Japan. in the 90s. Yeah, yeah, oh, I did some yes. Bugs of Steel, VHS. Good times. <laughs> All right. But, okay. And um, So did you shadow box? No, because I was like, I wouldn't know what to do. I'm going to be like, <laughs> yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. So, um, so then he's like, okay, well then go and do your medical checkup. Because everyone has to go through a medical checkup okay. to make sure they don't have any KOs, knockouts. Right. I'm like, okay. So to make sure that my head's working. Oh, right, right. Okay. I'm like, well, obviously it's not. I'm doing this. I've never been hit. (laughs) And and I've never been hit before. So I'm pretty healthy. Turns out. Yeah. Okay. You might not know it because I did agree to be a part of this. But, um, and so I am, you know, standing up in line for the medical checkup. And then the people next to me, Japanese fighter, it was him and his friend. And, you know, they don't, obviously they don't know that I speak Japanese. Uh-huh. So he says to me in broken English, uh, excuse me, are you Miss Wilkerson? How many fights you do? 
And I said, oh, this is my first fight. And then I heard him go speak back to his, you know, talk to his friends, say, yeah. oh, in Japanese. Yeah. Why is she saying that? She's, she's done at least seven or eight fights. I wonder what she's hiding. What's going on? I'm sitting oh. there listening to all this going, oh, what are the, what's going on? You're trying to psych out. You're psyching, psyching her out. That's what you're doing. Exactly. Some elaborate plan. <laughs> yes. Um. And so crazy American, too crazy to American. Um, so I finally go back to the dressing room, which I'm showing with my sharing with my opponent. Okay. And I say to my manager, Ricky, why have I done seven or eight fights? What's going on here? He's like, Oh yeah, here is your profile that we have in <laughs> in the fighting pamphlet booklet thing. And I'm like, really? And you guys didn't want to let me know about this? Wow. And and then it also said, fighting for the championship match. Oh, it was a championship it fight. A, yes. This which is I did the not greatest know. grifter scam in the world. <laughs> oh, it really you is. You write this as a <laughs> script. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then yeah. at the end of it, though, you win. Huh? That was silence. Nice. Look at that. Hey, what what song did you go up to? By the way, was it Eminem's "White America"? No, okay. it's so Just cheesy. I, you know, as a DJ, I wanted to please everyone in the audience. So I thought, of course, I have a tiger survivor. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Either uh-huh. that or that song from Karate Kid. Uh, you know that uh, it's a uh, <laughs> song for Karate, Karate Kid. That was, was one of my favorites. Oh, that was good stuff. That's just good writing. Anyway, yeah. that Ralph Macho. Sure. Yeah, so I did the fight. And then my friends. How long was the fight? Three and a, three minutes and 40 seconds. But keep in mind, like, that's a long time. You know, it seems actually. It sounds. Yeah, it sounds. Kept hitting, she kept kicking me. <laughs> she kept kicking me and kicking me. me and kicking me. And my girlfriend who was there with her daughter. So. Everyone, you know, my friends, I had like about 15 friends, the ones that said that they wanted to bet against me, right? They're like up near the bar, just like, oh, I don't know if we can handle this. Liesl's getting beat up. I'm like, you guys, you know. You guys are going to have Kobe beef after this <laughs> yeah. because. After their ju- vodka tonics, exactly. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, and uh, Linda, one of my best friends, she lives in Hong Kong, but she said that probably halfway during the fight, my face just completely changed. And I was like, oh, hell no. I'm tired of this. But we did exactly as planned. Okay. The choreography, as I call it. Worked out. Went out, yeah. And then, and here's another interesting, funny part of the story, is that two weeks later, I was kind of telling my, I was doing volleyball when I was in Tokyo a lot, and I told everyone in my group about the fight, and they're like, Liesl, did you know that your opponent's father is a very well-known mafia? I'm shocked. Shocked, I tell (laughs) you. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I was like, oh, well, it's a good thing. Gee. I went by the rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good thing you didn't take a pot shot or <laughs> no. anything like that. Not that I ever could have, but you know, yeah. It's the Japanese Rocky, and you can, cho- and you know, Rocky. Rocky! Rocky? Yes, not Rocky. Rocky! Oh. <laughs> Which is Thor's little brother, of course. Uh, oh, I digress. Thor. 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 Daisuke Thor. In the middle, in the middle of that story, I have an, another Jap- Japan question for you. Have yes. you ever had actual Kobe beef? 
It's delicious. It's so <laughs> incredibly delicious. Oh yeah, my god! They massage gosh. the damn thing, right? They're yeah, like, they feed the beer. Yeah, they yeah, feed yeah, the yeah, beer yeah, yeah. And they yeah, massage absolutely. them. It's a, it's a sweet, sweet yeah. life. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Until Very it's over, so. and then we eat them. But and then oh, we yeah. have fake yeah. Kobe beef. Have you have you tasted the the sort of the the Americanized Kobe beef? No. Okay. So I refuse to. Well, no, because no, it would be a good taste test. You could be like, no, that's just regular beef. Mm, I'm not sure how good I am at tasting. Okay. I do wine tasting and everything tastes the same to me, but I still, you know, consume that's it, of course. Drinking, I mean, by the way, that is not as much wine tasting as... I'm like, Woody? No, I don't really think so. <laughs> right, yes. You know, yeah. I like have a very full body and a nice kick. Could I get more of it? I love full bodies. <laughs> No, it's yeah. So then, did you start really training in boxing? Is that what happened then? From then, um, well, I was kind of doing a lot. You know, um, it was being integrated into my workout then, okay. um, and then, and then I came to the states, and um, and then I thought, you know, I would really like to cosplay as Nina Williams in Tekken. And so, Ooh. about a month ago, I I restarted. I'm training again. Okay. So I am training. Are you going to do it here at AnimeCon at Icon this weekend? No. So here's the one thing I have to say. The older you get, the harder it is to get back into shape. Thank you. I learned that the hard way. Oh, yeah. It's a, I was never in shape. So I'm very lucky that, uh, I will always be cosplaying, uh, a man. No, I have no, I, I don't know. I just, I'm not gonna, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I just, I brought my Amelia Air hat. Is what I brought. I have an Amelia oh, Earhart fun. hat with goggles because this is the <laughs> safest space in the world to wear that. I'm finally going to get to wear my Amelia Earhart in public <laughs> and not have anyone look at me and I don't have to make fun of them again because I wore it. I went to a hipster coffee shop in LA and I wore my Amelia Earhart after Screw I bought them. it. And that's it. Goggles down and everything and then just live tweeted everyone who gave me a hairy eyeball. And, uh, and I was like, oh yeah, man caprice, you're going to judge me. You're going to judge me. And, uh, and it was fine. I, it was a, it was a lovely hour and a half of my life where I <laughs> I just sat there and I'm like, that dress is dumb, lady. I don't know. I don't know. All right. That dress is nice. But okay. Well, what, I mean, the thing is, it was, uh, I, I, yes, I, Amelia. I, I owned it. I own my Amelia. That's Air what hat. it's all about. It's about owning. That's what it, I'm, this, everything I'm, and anything you do. That's it. Own it, girl. I'm very, own it. I have seen some amazing, amazing, um, costumes already and it's yes. day one of this acon it's incredible and i mean the amount of detail that you know everyone puts into it is just incredible and it's funny because um so i do these panels when i go to various anime conventions one is the memoirs of a six feet blonde geisha and uh, thank you thank you jackie san tomo arigato tomo arigato gozaimasu that's all i know okay and i can say nihama which is in uh, uh chinese Nihau. actually yeah. yeah which is just how are you and then uh and then i can i can speak three words of armenian anyway so that's not going to do anything for anyone but uh so so wait yeah go ahead oh yeah and um and uh, I also do uh, interpreting for love Japanese voice actors as well sometimes at the anime conventions. And um, I've Are talked you going to do some of that here? Or? No, not just here. Panels, right? Yeah. Um, I, I, but when, in March, I was over at Kawaii Con in Hawaii oh. and I did the interpreting for all the guests over there. Oh, that's um, so cool. Yeah. It, it, you know, I worked with, um, he is the voice of One Piece of Piccolo and Ace. 
Dragon Ball Z like he does. He's been, oh, and he also does the voices of Billy Crystal and... Oh, he's an impersonator too. He does all kinds of work. He does, yeah, he does a lot of dubbing and a lot of, um, a lot of stuff. Tom Cruise and yes. Okay, so he'll pick up voices because you can't afford to get the real dude to come back in that kind of stuff so he'll, he can he can do yeah well and and the thing is so depending on the show like how big of the bu- the budget the show is um and also the demographic that they're trying to reach out like they will have a dubbed version of a show and then they'll have a subtitle because japanese are also depending on the age the older audience prefers to have subtitles because they want to hear their favorite actor if it's Tom Cruise, they want to hear his voice, you know, and I'm sure, yeah, you guys can probably relate to that with like yeah. anime and everything, you know, and even video games. But, um, so, but then there are a lot of the, you know, like the Disney ones and, and stuff the kids, like yeah, that. The, the, the kids can't read the right, subtitles. They don't read as well or as right. fast. And, and subtitles, I don't, I don't mind subtitles. I mean, you get used to them almost immediately. Yeah. And so I mean, it's not like you're missing anything. So. Yeah. Yeah. However, it's interesting that right now in Japan, the younger generation um, is not about subtitles. They've kind, of, they're like, no, oh, we as don't want to do that. Older, they're just like, just keep dubbing. No. It. So the kids that the nowadays, the kids that are around nowadays, yeah. like the Japan is kind of in a very interesting time right now. Yeah. Um, one, the young kids don't like traveling. Japanese have been known, as we all know, to travel. They love traveling. Oh my They've God, always the hacky love... camera jokes for the last exactly. 37 oh, million years. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. They're done? They're yeah. staying at home now? The kids nowadays don't travel. Um, and when you ask them why, usually they'll say something like, eh, I can see Los Angeles on, on the internet, or I can see this. And, you know, I mean, it's just, and I don't really know, it's a bit, it's, it's changing a lot. And I think part of that is because of the fact that the Japanese economy has been in recession for 20 years. Right. Um, and the kids that are now teenagers, young adults, they have seen their parents work and spend their whole lives working for a company that doesn't give them lifetime employment. And so there's a lot of this disillusion going on right now with the kids. They would prefer to, instead of going to a typical Japanese company, as Japanese always have done, they would prefer to just do like a nine to five at like, or do like 7-Eleven, you know, arubaito as they call it, like, you know, part-time work or get two part-time jobs or something like that. Really? Yeah. So it's a, um, yeah, it's changing a lot. The culture is and the Japanese and the country so, is making a lot of changes. So if they just work like they might just work 60 or 70 hours a week, but in a couple of different, and then just, they just, right, so that they uh-huh. don't have to have any sort of emotional connection right, and also, to the yes, job. Yes. And also so they can take, take off when they want to take off. And then they're done and they'll just get two other jobs when they come and back. And they don't have to take their work home. And yeah, there's just a lot. Yeah. What are they doing? Do they have amazing hobbies? Not really. This is the whole thing. And you That's know, unfortunate. so, and for me, like coming from a media point of view, because I've always enjoyed knowing what's going on at that time in, you know, with the youth. Um, and Shibuya, I used to work in Shibuya, which is the young district of Tokyo for so many years. And so for me, it's really important when I do go back to Japan, I always connect with, um, my friends who are in music or in TV 
And I kind of get an idea. And even like taxi drivers, I'll, you know, when I'm in the cab, I'll ask questions to kind of find out what's going on. Right. But right now they're like, we don't know what these young kids do. I mean, they spend most of their time at home and they'll have They'll have their friends over, but obviously this is not a big apartment. You know, like in Japan, the average apartment is like six tatami mat, as they call it, rokujo, which is a small room. I mean, you know, it's like the size of these bathrooms here in the hotel. You okay, know? so like a hundred square feet, or or maybe five hundred square feet, or mm, I know math is hard. Not sure. Hard to, hard to visualize. Quite yeah, we, maybe maybe it would be about a hundred. Yeah. Yeah. So just, and then they have a roommate or they live alone or do most people live alone? It depends on where they, where they are. If they're living in downtown Tokyo, a lot of them will have roommates, but what they'll do is they'll have people over and then they'll just have what are called nabe parties. So, you know, they'll have, yeah. And, and, you know, but they'll spend most of their time like texting in on on their phones it's like so what, you guys don't even like talk texting? to each other yes oh you would be amazed i mean when you go on the trains in japan nowadays there's no talking at all involved everyone's just like on their phone on their phone yeah oh my god yeah it's i hate the, crazy i hate the, i hate the children i hate the children <laughs> children get off your yeah. phones but you um, know and i mean i think it i do think that um I mean, I don't know. It's We'll have to see how things go. And a lot of times, I'm sure some of the kids will probably see, they'll, they'll end up doing what their parents have done, I'm sure, because that right. happens a lot. Because the culture is incredibly it's hard. strong it's hard with to a get pool, out of, yeah. you know. But, um, but yeah, I think it's just a lot it's, of... It's taking later anyway. Like all, all people, you know, like when I was 18, my parents were like, it's been great. Get out. And, uh, but now they're, I mean, people are like, they're 27 and they're still living at their own, their parents' house. And, yeah. you know, and we made fun of that guy when yeah. I was 27. I was yeah. like, what are you doing still living with your folks? And he said, you have to stop doing that because I'm never moving. And eventually they'll live with me because they'll be old and then I'll get their house. And that is exactly what has occurred. And that, but he's a very nice man. Anyway, so, uh, the thing is, is it, that, I mean, it, it, it does seem to take longer to get started now, you know? And, yeah. And, and there's, there's so much affluence in sort of Western and not, not even wealth, but sort of affluence, just sort yeah. of enough leisure time to get depressed, enough leisure time to get, I mean, my father, who is not to be taken as a role model by anyone, uh, but he says things like, I can't believe you know, you read all these science fiction about dystopian futures. Nobody ever cares about, like, the dystopian present. Look around. And uh, so you're just like, well, well that's cheerful. Thank Thanks, you. Dad. And uh But, he, you know, and he says things like dictatorships keep people busy, right? When you're when you're poor, you don't have time to be depressed. Nobody is. Shoot. And you're yeah. like, all right, you're a button pusher and a jackass, but I love you. And, I mean, it's fine. But, I mean, the thing is, is, <laughs> but it's, I mean, it's. I mean, there's there's just enough time now so that they can sit around and text each other on a $300 phone when they're sitting at 100 feet from each other. And you're like, oh, my God, go outside. do so, Go read a book or something. But it's weird. Yeah. It's interesting because what conversations are happening on texting? I've never had a, converse, really... a meaningful conversation on text. No, no, me neither. <laughs> Has anyone in this room had a meaningful, a real heart-to-heart? You've had a heart-to-heart? There's been some heart-to-hearts in the back? All right. We'll talk about it after. I'll need to know. I'll need to know. How did that happen? What, what yeah, actually what came down? It's true. So, okay. So, 
I suppose the Japanese thing is fascinating, which is yeah. why. Yeah. And, and then, and, and people never know you speak Japanese. And so no. they say weird shit around you. All the just, time. They're just like, oh yeah. Oh, look at that I've lady. I've had many, many a time where I've been in the elevator, or I've been in the train or something and someone will be saying something about me and I'll be like, <laughs> and I'll just like rattle off and they'll be like, uh, my mistake. Sorry, hey, hey, hey. excuse me. Excuse me, madam. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. That's my angry Japanese voice. And then I have my kawaii Japanese voice. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. What is that? <laughs> That is that awesome. Uh, yeah. It just, it makes you, sometimes I, 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 I'm, it's, it's gotta be great to be able to speak like a language that, that nobody knows you can speak, right? Cause you're just walking around and they're like, well, she might know Norwegian. And, yeah, uh, I get that. Yeah. Are you Swedish? No, I am not Swedish. <laughs> so do you speak any other languages? Just, no. Uh, I pretend that's to plenty, speak French. You, oh, you can speak, you took no, some French? I, yeah. I took a little bit of French. And so then when I was in Paris, I thought, you know what? I'll just use the phrases that I know. And then I'll make other ones up to go along with it. Why oh, yeah. not? Mumble, mumble. So, yeah, the French it, love that, by the way. Yes. Well, my cab driver didn't really love it. Because <laughs> I, I, you know, I kept hearing this woman on the phone. She was saying, oh, exacto, exacto. And I'm thinking, exacto, I must use. So I get in the cab and I'm like, at that time, I did know a few phrases, so I right. was much better off. And then he says something. I said, exacto, exacto. This is not French. This is Italian. Yes. I said, hey, you understood. That's all that matters. Uh-huh. I go back to being the uh, ignorant American. No. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah. It's, uh, it'll all fall apart in about a heartbeat. Apart. It's, exactly. uh, I, 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 I always have the phrase book very prominent, and I give it a shot, and then everybody's very polite because I've given it a shot. And uh, so the, the they, effort, a for they effort. Pre- they appreciate the effort, and I'm, and it's not, yeah, it isn't. Great. But, uh, you know, I do what I can. So, uh, so now you live in Los Angeles. Yes. And you're working. You, yeah, I don't, I think you might. What is it? I don't know. Talk okay. across okay. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It might be one of these where you talk across. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> yeah, if you eat the mic, I think there's some trouble there. I know. There. I mean, uh, for my radio days, I always do the. You're on board. Like that. Some say love. That's what it, it always makes me. Enough. I know. I can't. I don't know. That's a karaoke thing because it's. I used to host karaoke myself. Uh, I love karaoke. Man, I am not. I, I had to host it too long, and oh. uh, and so there was a lot of and everyone sang the rose, and so I I learned to hate ah, karaoke. But good. Some not people are very good, good at it, and yeah. I, I enjoy that. Okay, so let's. Uh, what I what I would like to ask is so now what are you working on? What should people go? They lethal weapon, and then your blog, which is called memoirs of a six feet blonde geisha geisha excellent geisha de gozaimasu hi 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 yes and uh, and that's your blog and then yes. and you and you and and people can and i went to your imdb page and there's plenty of things that people can mm-hmm. uh, go see your work and stuff like that and what what is happening boxing wise Let's go there. Well, I've, um, well, I just started training again, uh, my first week though. Oh, your so, first week. Okay. No, no, no. I'm into my fourth week now. Okay. But, uh, my first week, I got super excited because there were a lot of cute guys in the boxing gym. <laughs> and so I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
yeah, you know, with my cute little pink gloves that yes. I have. I saw the pink gloves as well. Yes, yes, yes. And, um, and I kind of hurt my rotator cuff. <laughs> yeah. So I'm doing rehab. Okay. Kind of, I'm kind of strengthening because I guess as you get older, things kind of don't really bounce back. Yeah, I want those stones from Cocoon. I don't know if you ever saw Cocoon, the movie Cocoon. There were these alien stones. You put them in the pool. Oh, yeah. You swim with the stones and then all of a sudden you have sex again or something. And old people can can bend over. Me too, me too. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's going to be great. But the, uh, but yeah, so I I am working out uh, once a week with a trainer. Different. Like you're just trying to strengthen those. Yeah, and also, and maybe it's from spending so much time in front of the laptop as well. My, my oh. trainers told me that he has had numerous clients who have the same problem where the rotator cuff is really hurting them, and that leads to numbness on the left side of, oh. the, the, like, the arm and everything, yeah. as well as the neck. Yeah. Um, and it's because we're hunched back. I mean, we're hunched like this, right. hunched forward. So you have to kind of, like, you know. Do this all the time. And it's true. Um, I, yeah, like I'm having to rebuild yeah. myself physically. And it's so frustrating because I'm but so I used like to But I like that you just sort of rebooted through. and you're like, well, I'm going to learn how to do this, you know? Yeah, because I'm number two in the world, remember? I was in the boxing match. Right, right. You're the match. second champ. Number two that's in the right. world. What? I don't know what I'm number two of, but that's okay. I'm still number you're two. You're number two. You're number two. Oh, you have a question? Oh, will there be a rematch? Absolutely. All right. That's once, right. Once you are fully trained up again. And I will pick a different theme song this time. And you will pick a different theme song. You pick that Karate <laughs> Kid song. It's a, yeah. But I, I would like to, does anyone else have any questions? Just a, a Japanese question, a video game question, a question about boxing, or just a life question? Would you like to know what other bad life choices uh, Liesl might be willing to do? Because I've made many. It's true. <laughs> like, I, I want to take uh, skateboarding uh, myself. And uh, I have been alerted that cool. it might be uh, something for my next life. Uh, because I'm not a gazelle. I am not a gazelle. And I will uh, fall off and uh, break a hip. But oh. uh, but I'm well because I oh, want to learn minor minor in. details. What? Right. What do I need yeah. a hip for? Right. Exactly. They replace them on a regular. Don't you basis have another now. one? Just use I, that one. I do have two. <laughs> I do have two. And uh, so, but I have to say, uh, Lisa with Wilkerson, uh, and because uh, I keep wanting to say Witherspoon, which is not, which is not happening. Well, Wilkerson. I do not know Reese personally, but one day <laughs> she'll do a Japanese-related uh, yes. movie, and you will be the translator. That's right. You will affect change at a grassroots level. Get out, the two of you. No. I'm, I'm kidding. You're loved. The universe supports you. Okay, but we're wrapping it up because this has been lovely. Thank you oh, so much. Thank you, but I have so many more stories to tell, Jackie. Oh, then tell another. I don't care. We got. To, I got a, a bottle of water in front of me that hasn't been drunk. Do you, do you want to you leave us on a, on a good one? Sure. Um, I can tell you a little bit about Lost in Translation. Film, the film that I was, uh, a part of. Bill Murray. Uh, Bill Murray, it. Scarlett Johansson, um, and Sofia Coppola was right. the director. Yeah. And it's funny because my connection to the story actually begins 10 years prior to when the film was actually shot. And Sofia Coppola, so Lost in Translation is based very loosely on her life. Oh, is it? Yeah. So she used to go to Japan all the time because at that time she was dating and and also married to Spike Jones, who was paid 
a lot of money in Japan to direct commercials and also direct music videos for Japanese bands, what have you. So he was always going to Japan, and they were always staying at the Park Hyatt. Okay. Um, the Park Hyatt is in Tokyo. The Park Hyatt is in Tokyo. Okay. It's where um, it's the hotel. It's one of the best hotels in Japan. Very okay. high end. Um, I believe a five star hotel. And um, that's where the film was took place. A lot of the scenes. The hotel was Park Hyatt. I feel like the the greatest hotel in Japan treats you like your Kobe beef. Like they force feed you beer and massage you. And massage you. Yeah. I think you're okay. right. I, I, yes. I would not be surprised. <laughs> I would not be surprised. Anyway. But, uh, okay. So. Um, yeah. And so I was, so this was 10 years before Lost in Translation came out. And I, at that time I was doing a lot of TV interviews for a very popular Japanese TV show called Countdown Groove. And it was a lot of, we did everyone from Backstreet Boys, Ace of Base, just, I mean, anyone and everyone, Yakig K. I don't know if you guys even know who that is. No, but I will. Technotronic, but, and like Cheryl Lynn and Shaka Khan. Okay. And, um, and we were getting ready to, and Prince, we did him as well, um, who is my favorite. I dork out on him all the time. Next I absolutely episode, adore next episode him. about yes. Prince. Yes. All right. I lived in Minneapolis for many years. Oh, I know nothing about Prince. I, there, he sang about a, a small car at one point. That's what I got. That's what that's what's coming to the yeah, floor yeah. for some reason. <laughs> Little Red Corvette. Yes. That's it. There we go. Okay. Um, so uh, that day we were getting ready to do a interview with Sonic Youth. Okay. Uh, very popular, you know, they're like the godfather father of punk rock in UK or whatever. Them. Yeah. They had just come out with their 12th album and they were there to promote it and also do some live shows. So we were setting up in their suite. We had everything good, you know, ready to go. And then in, like, all of a sudden the door opens up and this girl just, like, bounces in. Hi, guys. Can I just hang out with you? Because I really don't have anything to do today. Oh, okay. And like really obnoxious. I'm sitting there looking at her going, who the heck are you? Gutsy stuff. Yeah. You know, because I mean, for me as a interviewer, it's always really important to try to get that person really comfortable so I can start a synergy with them and kind of, you know, get, get, get the flow going. Is right. Sure. You sure. know, um, and so, it, anyway, so we do the interview, and then there are a few times when she kind of interrupted, and I was like, oh, she's so obnoxious. Oh, my gosh, you know. And uh, then we leave the, as we're leaving the suite, after we are finished, I say to one of my um, staff, who was that? And they're like, oh, Sofia Coppola, Sandesion. I'm like, Ah, okay. Okay, pedigree, fine. Yes, exactly. And of course, now that was before Godfather 3. Oh, right. Right, right. <laughs> Where, and for those of you who know the history, she was in Godfather 3. She was panned for her performance. A right. Lot she of ruined people. it, man. She, that's what I'm told. She ruined it. Yes. Anyway. And that's why, and she got a lot of hate mail. Yes. Because of that. Um, so then fast forward to, they were, I got the phone call from the agency. Oh, the same one that put me in the championship match. <laughs> so they called, you know, they called me up and they're like, Oh, Lisa son, we have a, we have a, uh, audition for you. There's one speaking role for sexy businesswoman for a new Bill Murray movie. I'm like, ah, okay. So. <laughs> you know, okay, yeah, yeah. sure. So I go there. It's a complete cattle call. There's so many different people there. It's just like crazy, right? I'm thinking to myself, ah, 
Okay, no, I'm just. And not is it everybody? It. Is it Japanese and no? Is it but it's only like, Americans. But the thing is, because in in Tokyo there's so many modeling agencies. So actually, a lot of models were there, oh. and you know, yeah, it was a lot of people. Okay. Um, and then I went there, and you know, completely thinking that I wouldn't get it, and they take our photo, and then I'm leaving the um the audition room and then someone taps me on the shoulder and says, excuse me, can we get a few more pictures of you? And then all of a sudden out from the dark comes Sofia Coppola. Who's been hiding, by- who's yeah. been hiding the whole time or something. I'm like, where'd you come from? <laughs> oh, that's, that's like what Prince would do, you know, <laughs> kind of. And, uh, she's kind of directing the cat, you know, okay. photographer again. And so, so yeah. she must have remembered you from the, from the interview? No, or? absolutely not. In fact, oh. to this state, so, and I had, I had not had any ra- interaction with her, um, you know, since that one right. time. And so I did not have a good impression of her. But, um, so anyway, we, and then, and then I find out many thanks to the wonderful agency that I dealt with. I found out the week before the film that I had gotten the part. Oh my God. Yeah. Cause they right. called me for a different, another different job. And so I called about that job, and they're like, oh, Lisa-san, congratulations. Congratulations on what? What? You didn't know you got the part of Sexy Businesswoman. I'm like, great, wonderful. Well, you could have let me the sides. Or <laughs> exactly. Anything. Or let me know so I can keep the day open. Right. You know? time? Yeah. That'd be awesome. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I thought this will be interesting because my one run in with Sofia Coppola was not so pleasant, but then I get to the set and she was completely different. Okay. Cause she, she was, was the boss. very, very laid back. And I think also she'd grown up, Yeah, you know, after what had happened with Godfather three and, um, you know, oh, that'll she sober went you up. Little, uh, that'll sober you up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Just think so. about after you got punched in the head in the, in the ring. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 My knockout. K.O. K.O. This man. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah. how many days of shooting? Um, it was actually just one and a half. It was a day and a half? Okay, yeah. on the set. That's yeah, neat. and um, yeah, and it was great. My my scenes were with Bill Murray. He was awesome. They were on a very tight schedule because yep. uh, you're only allowed three weeks, I think, is the maximum in, in Tokyo to film. They only give you... Every, it, it any It doesn't movie. make sense. It's yeah, three, it doesn't matter. It's a three-week permit. Yeah. All I right. Think so yeah. So get the shots. Yeah, it's two and a half or three weeks. Oof. I'm not sure, but yeah. So if you want to do any more than that, in fact, when Tom Cruise wanted to do Mission Impossible Four originally in Japan, he went to the Minister of Tran- Ministry of Transportation to formally ask them if he could get, you know, four and weeks. Sort of and then you know there was the whole problem with you know him jumping on with you know Oprah's. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, so, uh, and then, you know, Paramount said, no, we don't like you. And, right. You know, so, I mean, but, um, but yeah, he had actually gone to Japan to formally ask for that. But so with Lost in Translation, they filmed all their hotel scenes at night. Okay. And then all the scenes that were shot, you know, where you have sunlight and everything, daylight, were all shot during the day. So they were doing, they were clocking some major That's monumental. Hours. Yeah. Okay. It was pretty impressive. Um, and yet Bill Murray was so accommodating. It was just really, you know, making jokes and kind of trying to keep people up and yeah. peppy and. Well, that's neat. 
Which, yeah. And that was an excellent, it was a great movie, obviously. Yeah. I'm going to take a stand. Lost in translation. Good work. Good work was being done. <laughs> okay. Completely insane. <laughs> I saw him one time at lunch. Guess what I did? Left him alone. I let him eat his lunch. Okay. Bill Murray? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. He was right, he was right there wearing a hat. And I thought, I could go over and tell him that he's awesome and I really like him. Or I could let him eat his sandwich, it turns out. And so that's or what I chose. Or you can ask for some of his sandwich. I, that would have been. To that sit would, down with him. That's yeah. what Sophia Coppola would have done. She would have just been like, yeah, oh, are you going to finish ago, those yeah. fries? What are you going to do? <laughs> and uh, so... Liesl, this is, I thank you so much. Yeah, no, thank for doing you. The show. I appreciate it. And thank you guys for hanging out and watching yes. the show. We're going to have another one tomorrow afternoon. And uh, come and listen to me not know about the thing that Kyle Herp- Hebert's going to talk about. That'll be fantastic. Oh, Thanks he's for got lots up, to talk about. Oh, yeah, that'll be great. Plug and play. Thanks a lot, you guys. Good night. Thank you. And if you hear some of the same stories throughout the weekend, sorry. <laughs> right. And if you guys want flyers, um, I'm, I'm going to sell T-shirts, but I think I'm selling them at Artist's Alley or some damn thing. But if you want to get flyers for the podcast or listen to this when it's dropped online, feel free. I'll be here. She'll be here, too. What the heck? Come and meet us. We're nice people. And here's where we're putting the credits now. Thanks so much for listening to the show, you guys. Patrick Brady, making this audio go seamless, right? Vilmos, fixing the websites. Mike Rickberg and Sarah Cohen sang at the beginning of the show. Mike Rickberg wrote and composed the Dork Forest theme. And Mike is going to sing in a second the Mexican hat dance. And as always, JackieCation.com for stand-up and live Dork Forest events. Thanks a lot, you guys. Thanks for listening. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. <laughs> My hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh, my God. Thank we you. Why don't we just call that as the end of the show?